Oh, hey, this is Tiffany, and I'm your beta reader. I'm also a seven-time published author with a lot more to learn about the craft. I beta read about 10 manuscripts a year because it gives me opportunities to identify good and bad things about storytelling. It also allows me to help authors who need feedback on their writing before publication. I'm here to offer the feedback that I share regularly with authors from all walks of their writing journey with you. I'm also here to support authors after their book is published. So make sure to listen until the end where I share a book recommendation every single episode. Thanks for stopping by. Let's get into it. Today, we move on to the three levels of characters. Let's talk about how we can sometimes blur the line between primary, secondary, and tertiary characters and how it hurts your character development and word count. So first of all, I want to apologize in advance for not being able to say tertiary. (laughs) This word is very challenging for my mouth. I'm going to try my best to say it correctly. I'm going to take my time saying tertiary. Every time that it comes up, primary, secondary, obviously very easy, but this beautiful word, T-E-R-T-I-A-R-Y, is pronounced tertiary. And I think after I've just said it so many times, I might be okay, just in case. Thank you for bearing with my pronunciation. So here are the super simple definitions for the character levels. Primary the main character. Secondary, recurring characters who are of lesser importance. Tertiary, characters who appear in one, perhaps two scenes for a specific limited purpose. Hmm, sounds definitive. These definitions are more for TV and movies, but the facts are there. There are levels to this. Let's talk about how we don't keep those straight sometimes. Primary, Yes, we call them the main character or MC. And I'm not talking hip hop here. Yeah, boy! They are the ones we follow around through the whole book. They're the reason for the story. There can be more than one, but two MCs means they split the importance 50-50. They both have to have full character arcs. Some people might argue with me about splitting the story evenly with MCs, but I'm pretty adamant about it. I can't consider a character a main character if they don't have as much attention as another main character. I actually had this happen when I beta read for a really good story by a really good friend. And it was a, the two main characters were a couple and they kind of bounced back and forth between who's Each chapter was her perspective and then one was his perspective and back and forth. Sometimes there were two chapters in the same perspective. We have to make the story work. Uh, Sometimes we can't go back and forth with chapters. (laughs) But I remember being more invested in the female character's story. Her arc was more full. And me and this author friend did have quite a debate about who was the main character who was is it really both of them and if so I need more from that other character to really make me feel like they are a main 
And to be clear, this is a personal preference. This isn't like the law. The 50-50 rule is really mine. To me, it's about the feeling that I get from that character or if they just don't feel as important as the other character, it's really hard for me to think that they're the main character. If the plot doesn't truly revolve around that other character the way it revolves around the other, then I can't call that person a main character no matter how much you love them. Speaking of character arcs, your primary character or your main character, as we call them as well, they have to have a full character arc. It is very unsatisfying when they don't. Let me be clear on that. And I can also say that if your story is a two-parter or kind of a continuation series, that doesn't mean that your character doesn't fulfill some type of arc during that book. So if you have two books or three books in a series, something has to evolve. Something has to grow. Something has to change. Something has to be challenging in the first book that creates the arc for your character. If they don't have it, again, it's not satisfying. And they really just fall out of that primary character zone where whatever happens to them maybe isn't even as important because they don't even have a character arc or I'm not connected to them. So I don't really know if they're important or not. Pick your favorite book series. Mine is Rizzoli and Isles by Tess Gerritsen. That's the series, not the book. Rizzoli and Isles, they are full characters, both of them. Excuse me. Attention all inmates. Whoever did this to my friend's face will have to look over her shoulder for the rest of her life. And if it happens again, it will be a very, very short life. Okay, please. When I reflect on the books, uh, I remember the first one. Actually, I don't think Mara Isles was in it at all. But the series continued with Rizzoli and Mara Isles' character grew and grew and grew and became equally as important in the show. ...by blowing in someone's face. Well, I could explain a lot of this. Yeah, but what explains this? He probably tried to get away. Which is how a lot of people know this series. They are 100% equal from the first time you see them until the end. So this 50-50 splitting the storyline in importance feels really good to me. It feels like, yes, you are a main character. You are so important, just as the other character is important. Now, just a note, that doesn't mean that readers won't pick their favorite, and it doesn't mean that one person's story won't be more engaging than another because that's just the nature of storytelling. So if Mara Isles is having this smoking romance with a priest and Rizzoli's just having some family drama, I'm a little less interested in that family drama, but I still recognize them as both very important characters to the story based on the work that they do together. If a character is in a book a lot, but they don't quite get the same attention, I call that secondary. This person is typically a friend, a coworker, partner, sidekick, boss, neighbor, someone who interacts with the main character all the time, but isn't given as much power over the story. This is Robin to Batman, Hermione to Harry, Watson to Sherlock. And I meant to, my dear Watson. Not the title star, but certainly well remembered. This is literally the character that we're all like, oh my gosh, I wish there was a movie about only about them because I love them so much. Secondary characters are very, very well loved. However, 
The difference between them and a primary, between them and the main character, is their character arc. It's not always complete. It's not even always necessary. So I'll use my boy Batman as an example. I'm a huge DC fan. And we all know Batman. I think even casuals who don't read comics and just maybe have seen one or two movies, we all know the story of Bruce Wayne. We all know that his parents were murdered. We all know that he's heavily skilled in fighting. He's got a lot of money. We all pretty much know everything there is to know about him to pretty much understand his character despite not getting into the lore super deep. Just as a casual fan of superhero movies, you kind of know Batman's shtick. Robin, on the other hand, a lot of people don't know a single thing about Robin. Except he is Batman's sidekick. And this is fine because Robin is a secondary character. Now that doesn't mean in the grand scheme of things that Robin won't get a spinoff. It doesn't mean that we won't know more about him. It just means that it is not the goal of the novel, the movie, the comic book that we are reading or enjoying at the moment. Holy murder. Batman's arc is the most important. Batman's plot is the most important. He's the man. He's amazing. This is Batman. You better get your homework done or I'm going to come into your bedroom in the middle of the night and you're not going to like it. So yes, Robin is on the back burner. He's just there to help. He's there to put a hand on Batman's shoulder and push him out the door or out the window and make sure that he is able to fight crime. He's there to be a son figure. He's there to be a body and a voice and an idea and a thing that Batman can bounce off of almost exclusively in some cases. Again, there are situations where Robin is super important, where he actually has a full arc, where things happen to him that affect Batman in a more full way. But secondary, still just secondary to Batman in so many cases. Secondary characters are super important. Let's not negate their importance in any story. If it weren't for them, a lot of things wouldn't happen because they are the kind of people who show up and make sure that the hero can arrive. They're the person who is the seamstress making that superhero costume. I started with the base. Started? Sponge. I cut it a little roomy for the free movement. The fabric is comfortable. For They're the neighbor who has the perfect thing to say in a moment where they, everything else they've said has been ridiculous. And all of a sudden they're like profound. This kind of character absolutely helps our main character through so many things. Their best friend, their coworker who is there to get them out of a jam when their boss is in a bad mood. You could almost overlook these characters or they could almost just be dropped from the story if you had a different plot device to help that situation along. Like say, for instance, for this coworker, instead of them warning your main character that the boss was mad and they were on their way, maybe your character gets a phone call and the boss literally tells him, I'm mad and I'm on my way to see you. It's less fun because there's not a coworker who is funny or interesting and giving this tidbit of information, but it does the same thing. So secondary characters are awesome. I'm not trying to downgrade them, but again, primary is so, so, so important. So when you're dealing with secondary characters as a reader, 
I don't necessarily want that character to be in and out of the story as fast as possible, but I want them to just literally not feel as important as the main character. I really want the main character to shine. They are the person that I am there for. I certainly don't want the secondary character to save the main character from danger all the time. I do not want them to be the savior of the character. I don't want them to hand the primary character his goal on a silver platter or his solution on a silver platter. That person is, yes, there to assist and to make the story move along, but they are not there to handhold your main character. We're going to talk later on in the season about character agency. And this is actually one of those things that secondary characters can actually hurt a story when they take away the agency from a primary character, meaning that primary character stops making choices for themselves or fails to save themselves. If they just have no motivation to act and the secondary character is always saving them, then that's pretty boring. Then there is the bartender. Did you miss me? Because <laughs> I missed you. Who flirts with his eyes. Oh, he's so sexy. And your character thinks about going home with him, but nothing really comes of their involvement. That guy is tertiary. Although this character is mentioned and kind of described, this character is rarely in the book beyond their scene. These are background characters who may sometimes say or do something to the character, but just not enough to get a lot of attention. I'm sorry, but the example that I can think of as clear as day is from the movie Carrie. I'll skip the shower scene because that's actually the one that I was thinking about. It's the very beginning of the movie. And I just listened to an amazing podcast where they compared Carrie with another film. I mean, of course, when you're listening to movie podcasts, they talk about the art of movie, which means that scene was very relevant to current world events and many other things going on. So I'm going to go deeper into the film and use the prom scene. as a way to show you where all the tertiary characters are. They are on the dance floor. Carrie is dancing with someone at the prom, and there's a bunch of people dancing around her. I don't remember them. I don't know them. They're not named. They don't even talk. These are the kind of characters that you might need to say something about in your book. You might need to describe their flowing dresses. You might need to describe their laughter in the corner or that they're all lined up against the table drinking punch. But they are not as important as Carrie or even the guy that she's there with. And I certainly don't need a whole paragraph describing one girl, her dress, her shoes, her cup in her trembling hand. It's just not as important to me as the action of what Carrie is doing at the time. She's our main character. Family members, close or distant, are often tertiary unless you make them a bigger part of the story. If you would rather read my mini rants, check out Beta Bits. My ebooks with friendly writing tips from a seasoned beta reader's perspective are available on Amazon and Kindle Unlimited. Search Tiffany Christina Lewis on Amazon to find them now. You can also find my crime fiction and women's lit titles 
on Amazon and wherever books are sold. Did I just hear you gasp when I said family members? Well, this week's devil's advocate tip. But Tiffany, family is very important to me. How can you call my MC's parents tertiary? Well, let's be real. Parents are often used as a device to give information or teach us about a character in a way that seems cozy and familiar. They have talks with their children about life and how things are going, and sometimes bombshells are dropped. But unless you fully intend on making a mom, dad, sister, brother into a main or secondary character, they're almost always tertiary and not as important as your main character. So basically what I'm saying is, that character still has to follow the rules of primary and secondary. They can't just be quote unquote important because they're your character's family member, mom, dad, sister, or cousin. True. So what does this mean for mom and pops? This means I don't wanna know their life story unless it moves the plot or teaches me something very important about the main character. This goes for cousins, a smaller bit playing coworker, the bus driver she sees every single day, and so on and so on and so on i love my mama just as much as everyone else and yes my mama has been asking me to put her in one of my stories for a long time but there is not a character i can think of important enough to give my mother's name or make actually be my mother if my mom is going to be in one of my books she is for sure going to be a secondary character And I can't think of a way to make that happen right now. So, mom, I'm working on it. I did name a cafe after my mother in one of my books because my mama can cook. But the Clarice who owns the restaurant was not actually in the scene. Yes, I'm so sorry, friends. Just because your MC is related to someone does not make them important enough to be a primary or secondary character. The bigger point is characters must be important for a real reason. Not just because they are mom, sister, or because they are at the cubicle next to your main character. Every single word you write must move the story forward. And I see very often that tertiary characters steal the words from authors. If you are looking for a way to trim your word count, you can probably erase that description of Joe the janitor, even though he's super nice. And let's be real, I think a lot of us are looking for ways to trim our word count. It is a fact of life that authors often overwrite or underwrite. And if you underwrite, please don't add a description of Joe the janitor. You just don't have to add anything about Joe the janitor. Use your words for something super important. Enhance the setting. Add more thoughtful dialogue. Or don't add words at all. No one said that your story has to be super long in order to be super good. Just say what needs to be said, and that's it. You got this. Next week, you know that character in the book that just lets other people determine all their movements and just tell them what to do all day long and they just listen to it? That's annoying, right? Well, there's a name for that. It's called character agency. And that character who lets people plan their destiny ain't got none. Next week, we'll talk about how people do things. They have agency and how that creates an emotional connection for readers. Thanks for listening. 
If my podcast has helped you, please share it with your author friends. Also, don't forget to subscribe and rate my podcast on your favorite podcast app. This week's book share. For the dark places we hide in order to find the light. Plunge further into the wrong side of the veil with seven more tales of punishing action and horrors. Return to the adventures of one wandering warrior as she searches Neo Angelia for her foe. Leave now. Follow a haunted detective as he hunts for the mastermind behind a cunning theft. Here into a college of magic and the catacombs of the underground. You don't belong here. Delve into the deepest pits, the seediest dens, and the blackest magic. On the wrong side, nothing is right anymore. Find Blackest Night, The Veiled Sagas, Book 2, on Amazon and Kindle Unlimited. This is your final And I'll leave a link in the show notes. I want to give my forever thanks to my producer, York Campbell, who also runs an amazing podcast. Check it out at PoeticEarthlings.com. Welcome to EarthStories.com. And thanks to Monica Cox for pushing me to break out of my shell and share my gift. I also want to thank my publishing partners, Brandon and Victoria, who I could not survive without. This has been your weekly Beta Bit. Thanks for listening. <laughs>